0: You are, are now listening, are listening to, to the Fade Day Sports, Sports Podcast. Podcast. Let's, Let's go. go. Now, here comes the
1: music. You got a beat for me?
0: That's right, folks. This is episode one of the Fade Day Sports Podcast. I am your host, Nick Harris. As you see, once you clicked on it, this ain't class act anymore. Class has been officially dismissed. We're moving over to the sports world. Um, not so much of a not so much of a thing where we couldn't continue with class act, but it found I found sports to be my heart. Sports has always been there for me. I could talk sports all day, all night, and I feel like my voice needed to be heard. I'm a genius in this world, and I think my voice can contribute to those who who lack in that knowledge of, of the expertise that that is Nick Harris all right so today we got a good episode for you this is our Super Bowl preview and to kick it off I got I got a very special guest um, this is our launch of the sports podcast and I felt like this is the only brother I can bring in that that can that can match my fly that that, that knows that talk uh, this dude I, I worked with him for several years was about about six, six, seven years, something like that, give or take. But every time a sports conversation comes up, this guy is passionate about it. And not only is he passionate about it, he be right about it. He fact checked. He knows his stuff. And it's just you—you you can't find that everywhere. Now, you—you you know, outside of TV, everybody is a Google checker. They they they, they 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 go off of what they saw on TV. This guy knows his stuff. And we—we're gonna bring, we are gonna kick it off with my guy. Well, you gotta what's in the homage? My guy D Burst, aka's homage speaks. Say what's up to the people, man. Hey, what's going on, people? What's going
1: on? D Burst is in the building. When homage is due, homage is paid. Let's do work.
0: I need a tagline like that. When homage is due, homage is paid. I don't got nothing but uh I'm a sneaky sports genius. Sneaky genius. You know how you know how in the sports world they kinda play it down the middle of the road where they talk about you you know what kind of athlete they talk about when you hear how they describe them, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like if I said if like I, LeBron. Yeah yeah, freak athlete, right? You hear LeBron, you say freak athlete, uh, just a freaking nature. It's always a physical ability, but when you hear a certain kind of athlete described as a sneaky genius, the the first in, last out, a real student of the game, that usually that usually carries another tone, another skin tone. To that name, Oh, yeah. LeBron, you know what I mean, LeBron. yeah, yeah. It's more cerebral. It's more cerebral with see that. You're going with that. So, my I myself, I'm not LeBron in any physical nature, but I am a student of the game. I am a very, very sneaky genius. Very sneaky, not a, not a sneaky athlete, but a sneaky genius when it comes to talking this sports world. So, I, I when homage is due, homage is what paid. Paid. All right, we're gonna go with that. So today, as I stated before, we got we got the Super Bowl coming up in a couple days. We want to give you our take on, on just everything from the top to bottom. Who's going to win, who to look for, and uh, you know, who we got, who we gonna who, who we think is gonna pull it out. But before we do that, we're just gonna do a recap of this past NFL season. Uh, what kind of led up to this point? The game will be played. It's gonna be New England Patriots, Philadelphia Eagles. How we got here, honestly, I couldn't tell you. I mean, obviously, you know, the Patriots. Been in the last seven Super Bowls, I believe. And it's it's if you're following the pattern, you would kinda expect him to be in the next one. He's been in the last seven?
1: No, it's not the last seven, but it's um it's it's quite a few. They usually go every other year. With this year being the first they've been back to back in a while.
0: I'm on I'm on the LeBron train. LeBron has been in the last how many NBA finals? Seven. Okay, that's the LeBron train. My mind didn't click over yet. It's the,
1: little... Tom, the Tom Brady train is, he's been in the league 16 years. He's been in the Super Bowl eight. So every go. other year, he basically is in the Super
0: Bowl. Hey, when I tell you the guy is on it, the guy is on it, all right? My mind is a little slow. We're going we gonna to get it rolling, though. We're going to get it rolling. So you got Tom Brady, right? Yes, sir. Last year, they defeat the Atlanta Falcons. And a lot of people were saying, well, you know, next year should be a repeat. You got one of the top offenses in Atlanta Falcons. You got Tom Brady who some view as the goat and it it there should be nothing that stops either team from repeating but over this past year there's been a lot of a lot of surprises and some disappointments what would you say first and foremost is your biggest surprise from this past NFL season well um it's it's, it's a couple things out there uh, one of the most
1: surprising teams this season was led by My greatest quarterback of all time, the number nine, Drew Brees, and the New Orleans Saints, they finally were able to get the defense under control, and they were able to make some noise in the NFC. Uh, Cam Newton, quiet as it was kept, had a miraculous season, though it was up and down. He was able to lead his team back to the playoffs, and I think going forward, that's going to be great for them. Uh, Minnesota Vikings, what a season they had. Nobody's seen that coming. They always had an elite defense, but Case Keenum, was able to get uh, the quarterback position under control and play at a high level. Pittsburgh let us all down yet again. The Jacksonville Jaguars with Tom Coughlin coming in and running the show, knows how to build successful, playoff-worthy teams, and in year one, he did nothing short of what he always do. But as far as uh, letdowns, you know who let us down. The Falcons. They let me down. And, and the Falcons let me down from the standpoint of I didn't I didn't necessarily think that they had an entitlement to return to the Super Bowl. I know that their path was going to be a little bit easier due to the nature of the NFC South. You know, no other quarterback in the division have three MVPs in it outside of the NFC South. Plus, you have a Jameis Winston right there waiting on you. So I knew it was going to be tough from that standpoint. Also, losing our offensive coordinator to Kyle Shanahan, who was able to make something out of a lot, and it showed this season with Steve Sarkeesian just not able to get our number two, three, four, five options, as many opportunities as Cal Shanahan was able to. Defense became top ten. Hopefully they can continue to grow and go from top ten to top five. And, and the Falcons should be able to make some noise again next season, and hopefully they can take steps towards being the first team to play in the Super Bowl in their home stadium.
0: Now, hey, as you do say that, and uh, you you know that that Minnesota is one of your surprise teams, I I really think they did sneak up on everybody. It, it is very hard to make the Super Bowl when it is being played in your city. And to recent memory, they have become the closest that I can remember. I don't think of another team that was as good as they were the year the Super Bowl was in their city and really coming one game short of playing in that game. I I don't know if they would have won it. Uh against Tom Brady, but they came within one – it took a mirac- miraculous play against the Saints to even get to the in a, the NFC Championship. Probably a play of the year if you're going down the line. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, th- I think the Falcons, if they can put some pieces together, use this this year with Sarkeesian as a, the building block to kind of get his plan in there and he knows what, what kind of toys he got on offense. Next year, it's a very high possibility that, that – possibility that Atlanta Falcons will be playing in the Mercedes-Benz Dome for the Super Bowl? Well, um, one thing about
1: Steve Sarkeesian is that this that was his rookie season. That was his rookie campaign. And he has to adjust on how to make the splash plays. He has to get more creative in his play calling, developing um, and setting up plays on first and second down to get the splash plays on third down. Um, in some drives and in other drives, he need to be able to bang on first down. Um, just just become more more creative in his play calling we go five wise don't run five slants basically because that's what he did in our last playoff game against the Eagles and we had man-to-man coverage across the board we ran no man beaters. we ran no wheel routes we ran no crosses we ran no picks Um, he pretty much designed the offense to say my guy beats your guy that is okay but in playoff football everybody is there for a reason And that style of football is not going to beat them. You're going to have to win
0: by um, outwitting your opponent as well. Duly noted. Duly noted. I I totally agree on that. Um, We'll have to see what what makes of it this offseason, what kind of moves they make on that defense, what what kind of toys they add. Uh, Not too much needed on offense, like I said, probably a little better on the line. But outside of that, I don't see a reason why Atlanta can't at least make the super bowl next year um to piggyback off what you said the surprises were the surprises jacksonville minnesota you know breeze having a season and you i really wouldn't expect three teams out of one division to make the playoffs this year as as balanced at the league looked uh at the beginning of the season but um i would have to agree that jacksonville was they were legit i mean you spend so many years having that top pick eventually you're going to get to the top well,
1: at least yeah. that's what's supposed to happen. That's yeah. The what Cleveland Browns
0: let us down every year. They have
1: top 10 picks every year, and they manage to select the wrong person. But they got a chance this season to make some real noise. They just got to make the right decisions at quarterback. Hopefully, we get a
0: chance to talk about Kirk Cousins coming to Cleveland. Is that what you believe? Because uh, we can get into that. But uh, right before we do that, the biggest disappointments, what, what, what would you see? What, what hopes— I know you said Atlanta, you know, you were hoping that they would would get to that Super Bowl, but what do you see individually? What player did you have high hopes for this year that just totally let you down? Um, Well, mainly because of injury.
1: uh, Mr. Odell Beckham Jr., he was my guy. Um, I think he's one of the most talented receivers in the league. Uh, Depending on what week and what quarterback is the hottest on that Sunday, you can go Julio, AB, or you can go, Odell Beckham Jr., I think he's a combination of between those two. He can do both of what they do well, very well in his own game. Um, but one letdown had to be, if if I was to have to say one, outside of the New York Giants was um, Dez Bryant. Dez Bryant let us down. Um, his inability to run multiple routes or the inability of his coaching staff to feel confident in calling multiple routes for him showed this season. Um he was top ten in targets, but top thirty five in catches. And and that can't get it done for one of the most talented receivers um in our game today.
0: Totally agree. I totally agree. Um on my on my half, I would have to say my biggest disappointment and it's not a it's not so much as a personal barb as it is just a fan point disappointment that Deshaun Watson was not able to finish out his year. Mm-hmm. I mean, this dude was everything that as advertised. Um obviously he wasn't with the first quarterback pick this past season and you know, as I stated before, there are reasons why a certain quarterback can go before the Heisman winning national champ winning. He won the Heisman, correct? No,
1: he finished he
0: finished He um, finished he finished second in the Heisman two years in a row.
1: But we clearly saw um his first year going up against alabama in the championship game that he was the best player in the country and then the second year in a rematch against alabama he proved that he was the best player in the country and then in the three-peat he showed that he really was the best player in the country because alabama just destroyed clemson
0: and with that you know it's just how can you pass on that guy so for him to get it come in and get his get his spot get his shine when when savage went down i believe that was like week two week one week two savage goes down watson comes in he's just he's straight out balling he's having a hell of a year and then for him to go down an in injury it kind of sucked because i truly believe he would have won mvp had he played the whole year out at that level regardless of you know if the texans kind of make the super i mean not the super bowl but make the playoffs or have a winning i'm sure they would have had a winning record with him playing that way, because Hopkins and Fuller would have took him up to the next level. Because uh, when Fuller came back, he was just clicking with him. He was getting hundred yards a game. Then when you know Watson goes down, he's he's retracting. But uh, on top of Watson, this whole year was played with injuries. I mean, left and right, you got stars going down. You stated. Odell Beckham went down with injury. JJ White went down. JJ White goes down. Aaron Rodgers goes down for like eight weeks in the season. Ooh, that was big. That I was mean, big. It, it's kind of it kind of puts a taint to me on this Super Bowl because for that many stars to go down, yeah, you know injuries gonna happen. It's a it's a brutal sport, it's a very violent sport. Injuries will happen, but I don't I can't remember a year where this many stars, this many household names in one year go down. And it kind of shakes up the whole, the whole playoff picture, the whole Super Bowl picture, because you don't know, you, you're playing ifs and buts. Like if so and so was healthy, if so and so was healthy, how does this play? Like if Rodgers plays eight more weeks, how good are the Vikings? You know what I mean? Well, I think I think the Vikings um, were definitely playing at
1: a high level. Case Kingdom was not throwing the football to the other team. They were able to establish a running game, and they had the top defense in the NFL. Now I know the Jacksonville Jaguars um, had the most sacks. I also know that they have a very talented secondary, mainly on the on the outside. But from as a collective standpoint, on on all three levels of football, Minnesota Vikings was was just unreal. They could do it all defensively, and I hate that. They came with a bad game playing offensively against the Philadelphia Eagles in that game so their defense couldn't really show how good they really were.
0: I agree. I agree on that. Um, So as I stated, my my MVP pick would have been Deshaun Watson. I believe he maintains that level of play. He gets that award. Uh, Then my next pick would have been Carson Wentz, who I failed to mention was injured and would be playing in this game today but uh i believe he would have won mvp had he maintained that last three weeks of uh play injury free that's a very unfortunate injury because he was playing at a super high level as we looked up before we started today i didn't even realize he was second in touchdowns with three weeks out i mean you just showed me russell wilson beat him by one touchdown and the guy didn't play the last three weeks but uh i find that fascinating so with those two guys out of the competition who would you say is the mvp i i my answer would be tom brady but that do you really feel like he deserves it that's a popular pick but what do you say well i think
1: tom brady had a miraculous season he led the league in um passing yards and he also was third in touchdowns second and third in touchdowns but i have to look at a guy in russell wilson who ended up leading the league in touchdowns, had a lot of injuries on, on the defensive side of the ball, which is the strength of their team. And that team was still one Falcons uh, loss away, going 10-6 from being in the Super Bowl. You also have to look at another guy who was another reason why the Seahawks had a um, non-playoff appearance, and that's Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley led the NFL in yards from scrimmage. Uh, he was simply amazing. Nobody even seen that coming basically from what the Rams were able to do last year with under uh, Jeff Fisher. This, this team was able to get it going, and they realized that their best player is the great Todd Gurley, and they got Todd Gurley the to ball early and often, and also keeping him in the game and making him a three-down back was one of the best things that they could have did in that offense. Shout out to Sean McVay for getting
0: that done. Very, very impressive with Todd Gurley. You know, that's another one of those players that you wanna see make it because of those that freak injury he had at, at UGA that last year. You're really not sure how he's gonna bounce back. with last well not his last years in UGA were uh, you know, due to injury, but his rookie season in LA with the Rams or in St. Louis, wherever they were at, really didn't pan out. But to see him just rise above with with golf growth and then that defense is those guys are going to be scary next year. I'm looking out for them next year, and it's, it's just unbelievable how everything can come together with such a young coach. I mean, the guy is like, what, 32, 33, about my age. It's crazy that, you know, you think of coaches being like Bill Belichick and the the, the older guys in the league. Like, it's just crazy to know somebody that young can get a team of, of grownups pretty much to play at a such a 180 level from what they played last year.
1: Well, I think one of the things that the Rams organization did and Sean McVay made very clear that he was an offensive guy and the problem and the strength of that team needed to be the offense and his hiring of Wade Phillips, a guy who's been a defensive coordinator in the game for years, a head coach for years, allow him to really concentrate on the offensive side of the ball and the development of Jared Goff in year two. Um, it was reports coming out of the Rams camp that Sean McVay didn't even have to go to the defensive meetings. He didn't even worry about the defensive side of the ball because Wade Phillips had that under control. And I think you're going to see more and more of that when you have um, young head coaches coming to the game that uh, um, that pays attention to one side of the ball more so than the other their defensive coordinator is going to be very, very strong or their offensive coordinator is going to be very, very strong, acting as if they're our, um, associate head coach or assistant head coach to where we can fully manifest the responsibilities and capabilities of our team.
0: Very, very true, very true. Uh, I can see that trend coming about with younger coaches being able to relate to their players more because that's, that's – in my opinion, that's the most important thing. You can't coach a guy you can't talk to. You can't coach a guy you can't relate to. And the, the younger they get with how young the league is, I feel like that's going to be a trend. Uh, not no, not not anytime soon because it's going to be hard to find how many guys that qualify that young. Uh, obviously, Sean McVay grew up. He was groomed for that. But to find that many guys that young this fast, I don't think that's going to happen. But within the next t- 10 years or so, I find it interesting to see how many young guys will be in that position. And how many organizations are willing to take that trend up in hand, seeing how good it worked for the Rams. All right? So now we get to the point where, you know, we talk about the big one. The big one. Super Bowl 52. The Philadelphia Eagles versus the New England Patriots. All right? So before we say who we got, who we think is going to win, before I tell y'all to go to Vegas and place your bets on such and such and such, let's break down this game. All right. So the Philadelphia Eagles, they win the NFC. They get the first round by. Second game they they beat our Atlanta Falcons. Moment of silence for that. And then they they take out the hometown hopefuls, the, the Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. And that's that's their road to the Super Bowl. As we stated, uh MVP potential quarterback in Carson Wentz, he gets hurt week 14. To, I think what he, it wasn't even a contact related ACL injury. Was it not or No,
1: no, no. He got hit. He got hit. He got hit going into the end zone for a touchdown.
0: Right. That's that's just that's probably one of the most unfortunate things that can happen to a team that only at the time, I think they only had like one loss. Were they not twelve and one? No more than two. At the time I yeah, week fourteen, they already had the bye week. I believe they were twelve and one, and then they ended out with Two losses, two or three. Mm-hmm. Regardless of the fact, I mean that's just crazy. You got this team that that has the second year their second year quarterback, MVP caliber. Week fourteen, he's out of there. Here comes Nick Foles. What do you think about that? What do you think that did to that team at that at that level for them to make? What do you, what does that say about the Philadelphia Eagles? Where? That guy goes down and they still make it to the Super Bowl. Well, um, Nick, we, we haven't talked
1: in a while, but I'm sure you haven't heard this saying from me, but you're gonna hear it and you're gonna hear it quite often. Nobody knows coaching matters until it matters. And um, one thing about Doug Peterson, he went and got Nick Foles because Nick Foles is familiar with his offense. He came with him and and he understands what the offense is. They made some moves. They moved Nelson Aguilar from the outside to the inside, brought in Ashaun Jeffrey, which I felt like was an absolute steal. Got Jay Ajahe from from Miami, which was an absolute steal. Got Lagarian Blood from the Patriots, which was an absolute steal. And they was able to utilize every single weapon on their offense. They was able to be a running team, establish the run, and then they make it to where you have a backup quarterback in Nick Foles, who's been a starter, but you're not – capping your offense what you're able to do is you're able to build an offense to what Nick does well but it coincides with what you already do offensively not changing your identity if anything one one could say that Nick Foles is is able to execute the offense better one thing I was saying about Carson Wentz in year 1 and year 2 um, he was making a lot of splash plays he wasn't really being efficient in the the nuances of the offense, the check downs, the, 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 the easy reads, the easy throws. But when it was a play to be made, Carson Wentz made those plays every single time. That's what led to those 33 touchdowns. So he was playing um, at a high level. The Eagles have overcame a lot of injuries, but due to the draft and picking up key free agents and everybody believing in, in, in the next man up, and also they took care of business and won the games they were supposed to win, so they could lock up home field advantage and 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 they did what you're supposed to do when you have home field advantage you protect take home they took they took care of the falcons in a, in a tough game and they took care of the eagle i mean they took care of the vikings to get to the super bowl i feel like they did what they were supposed to do mind you they, they uh zeke elliott being suspended um really helped them because that helped i mean that hurt um the chemistry of the cowboys in my opinion going forward next year, they're going to see a different Cowboy team coming at them. Okay, so... I I mean,
0: yeah. Yeah, I can see because...
1: And a New York Giant team coming at them.
0: Yeah, I mean, you got Odell going down and you got Ezekiel Elliott pretty much playing, like, probation officer, weekly meeting. You never know when he was going to play. My opinion, uh, just to step aside from the Super Bowl for one second, the Cowboys totally mishandled that. They should have just let him he should have just sat out the whole first six weeks. If you go 0-6, you go 0-6, which I doubt you would go with that schedule they had in the first six weeks, but miss them first six games. Don't mix don't miss the games where we need you or where the playoff is is in the picture and we, we need to fight and win to uh to get it get, to get in the super I mean uh, the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh miss the first six games. That's what he should have did. They didn't do that, they dropped the ball on that, and like you said, they opened the door for the next team in the division. With the healthiest roster to step up and uh take over. So so you got Philadelphia. We talked about the pretty much the offense. You you the weapons that they got, they, they found them at Goodwill for low bargain, low low bargain, low, low bargain. Jay Ajayi, that's a steal. Torrey Smith. Torrey Smith, I, I believe Torrey Smith was there last year. Um, but but I mean, but still that Aguilar, Torrey Smith. And then you got one of the top five tight ends in Zach Ertz already. And his backup is yeah, his backup is Kelsey, I believe.
1: They have a so
0: so that offense. That offense is nice. The defense, in my opinion, they're not. they not. That's not a sexy defense. It's not a sexy defense. Jacksonville this year was a very sexy defense. What I mean by that, you watch these guys, they flying over the field. They covering this, they covering that. They all in your quarterback's face. That's a sexy defense. When you see Philadelphia, the offense is so, so, just so powerful that when you do see the defense, you don't really give them their respect. But it wasn't until recently where I, I recognized that the Eagles and the Patriots have a top five defense. Mm-hmm. So you know, defense wins championships, mm-hmm. and for two top five defenses to be in the Super Bowl, it just it speaks to that narrative, and I believe that's what led them there.
1: Well, I think one thing you have to look at it again. I'm gonna say it one more time for the people who don't understand what I'm saying. Nobody knows coaching matters until it matters, and you can have all the big name players that you want on defense, but if they're not executing the schemes, or you're not putting the right putting the right schemes together to defend these uh, high-powered offenses that you're facing, uh, it's not going to work in your favor. One thing that I can say about the the Philadelphia Eagles, one thing that they do have is they have a D-line. That wide nine gives people problems. But they got a guy in particular outside of Aaron Donald and nose tackle and, and the Dominican Sioux, this Fletcher Cox. He's an absolute stud. I mean, there's nothing you can do with him. You can't block him. It's going to take two. You better come with some help because if you don't, he is going to blow up whatever play you just called. Um, another thing, too, uh, my main man, one of my favorite players to watch, been that way since I've seen him out of Ohio State, Malcolm Jenkins. He does it all for that defense. of his snaps, he's playing free safety. 20% of his snaps, he's playing outside linebacker. Another 20% of his snaps, he's playing corner. Another 10% of his snaps, he's blitzing. He is everywhere for that defense. Once they decided to make him a rover, move him around, make him the problem solver, that defense went to an entire uh, different level. They also play a lot of man-to-man on the outside, make you beat them by having the perfect throw, perfect catch combination. Um, Look to see a lot of that with uh, going up against Tom Brady, but hopefully uh, they better understand that Brandon Cooks is up there at the top of your screen, and he will get behind you, so don't think it's sweet up there. And as far as the Patriots and, and Matt Patricia go and Bill Belichick, we know what time it is. That's a veteran group out there. That, that's, that's a veteran, well-coached group. They pay attention to detail. It does help for you to have a top-five defense on, on for both of these teams when the offenses that you face in your division are relatively trash so you can run your numbers up but uh make no mistake about it both teams are well coached both teams paid well attention to detail and those are um, factors that you need in order to be a top five defense outside of having the
0: baddest people in the land smacking cats all game very important points that you i, I feel like we come coming to play on on sunday uh I I, I just want to see how that plays out against their opponent, and their opponent being the New England Patriots. Uh, I mean, the story is there. They really don't need any breakdown. They really don't need any introduction. Only thing I have for them is questions. My question is just how is this even possible? Year after year, you see Tom Brady in 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 this stage of the season. He's at the end. He wins like he did last year. And then ne- the next year, you're like, well, is he really going to repeat with these guys? Like, with that that offense they had, I can't even remember who started Super Bowl last year at running back. I can't remember.
1: James White.
0: James White? All right, so James White starts last year. James White played, what, the first week this year? He got the – no, not – Gilleslie started. Well, well Gilleslie got three touchdowns.
1: What what they do what they do is running back by committee. Gillislee role was to to replace Legarrett Blunt. James White was there to replace Deion Lewis. Deion Lewis came back from injury, so James White went back to uh, spot hit role. That's 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 pretty much what happened to that. Mike Gillisley got hurt. Now you're forced to play James White and Deion Lewis together, which from a defensive standpoint is a double headed cause these guys catch the ball out of the backfield better than a lot of people. I mean, the only people who I can think to duplicate what their backs do from the receiving standpoint are the Falcons and the Saints. Um, Carolina gave you a, a, a taste of that with uh, McCaffrey. Um, they, they, they definitely added a piece to their offense, and I look forward to see Cam Newton take leaps and bounds this season and finally become the quarterback that everybody want him to become because one thing we know for sure, no turning know if Turner is not running that spread offense. We know that.
0: For sure, for sure. Um, I mean, I think in my in my head, I'm just looking at Tom Brady and I'm maybe i just maybe it's time people just give him his just through. maybe he is just that great. Maybe he is the greatest of all time. Because like I said with new uh with the Philadelphia defense not being sexy New England's offense is not sexy at all.
1: But they execute very sexy.
0: Very. Yeah, now, on paper or on just looking at them, you don't you don't expect this team to just come out there and do the things that they do. All right? Tom Brady led the league in passing. His number one receiver went down. I don't know when he went down. Edelman went down probably what? Offseason, I think? Or preseason? Edelman goes down. That's his guy. That's the guy pretty much who beat the Falcons last year.
1: At a great
0: game, fourteen catches or something like that. I mean, that, that's his guy. Outside of Gronk, obviously Gronk is the guy. But Tom Brady's guy is Tom. I mean, uh, Julian Edelman. He's out, so they go get Brandon Cooks. Guy is probably taller than my son by a couple of inches, right? As a number one receiver, that's not what you want. He's he's more of a slot receiver. Get you like a Wes Welker replacement type of player, and then you got a and Mandola. Outside of that, they had Chris Hogan. Chris Hogan had a good start to the year, got hurt. But those are that's not a sexy wide receiver core. So how does Tom Brady do this year after year with guys who seemingly just come off the street and he makes a name for them? Well, you know,
1: we got to go ahead and just be clear. For the record, my favorite quarterback of all time is the number nine, Drew Brees. But when homages do how much is paid, and we got to talk about the GOAT number 12. Uh, Tom Brady is amazing. His He's great, in my opinion, for reasons that people just don't really like to pay attention to. They want to associate his greatness with Super Bowl rings, but for me, um, his story is unprecedented. He is one of the guys that was not supposed to be here. Sixth round pick, highly uh, unathletic, um, nobody believing in his talent but him and his family. And when he got his opportunity, he has not looked back. Uh, what they do offensively, they have gotten back to what football really is, and that is an offensive unit. You have to worry about everybody, you have to account for everyone. And they don't really have a number one, number two, number three, number four receiver, they have a receiving core have a receiving group we have to account for each one of these players we run in plays specifically for everybody's skill set brandon cooks is not a number one on everybody else's team but when he was playing with two of the best quarterbacks in the history of the game he was a number one he can run all routes um he could do everything you need to do from a number one standpoint but when you put him in a system to where everybody is accountable where you have to guard everyone then he could be that much more dynamic. But if he came to a team where he was the number one guy, you're going to line him up on the left side and he's going to demand a double team, then it's, it's, it's going to be a long day for him and it, and it's going to play into the to the, to the the way that you said. He's not a number one. But if you put him in a system to where he can get number one looks, we run and play specifically for his his skill set, Oh man, he, he can do what he's done. Since he's been in the NFL, and let's get them numbers.
0: Okay, so now take me take me through the other side of the ball for New England. Their defense. They add Stefan Gilmore, arguably one of the top ten cornerbacks in the league. Uh everybody else kind of stays intact. Uh Vince Wilford, he retires. That's that that rock in the middle of that D-line. Uh they go out and get a couple other guys, but take me through how New England manages to to hold a top 5 defense and without really one of those sexy players on 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 defense
1: well from new england standpoint i just think that that's that goes to what they do um as far as coaching again nobody knows the coaches matter until the coaches matter and then the culture in new england that's what always matters it's the coaches it's what we do it's how we execute Um, We're going to make sure that we're playing this technique. We're going to make sure that we're playing that technique so we're not winning solely on athleticism. We're winning because we have the right guys in the right spot so they can make the right play. That's what they do well. That's what they've done year in and year out in the Belichick and Brady era. And to me, that is the reason why they're so successful outside of getting a lot of help for the referees.
0: That is... um... That is some big words you just say right there. The help from the referees, that's been one of the knocks on them for years. they winning, but how much are they really winning without, like, you know, deflate gate or without spy gate or without, you know, just the refs basically handing them the game on a platter against Jacksonville, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, it's just I don't I don't really see Jacksonville playing that great a game and, and coming up short at the on some bogus plays like passing interference here and there. The, I mean, the ref, it's just it's silly. I don't even go into it. They got to the game. But I mean, you can go ahead, but I mean, to me it, that's my thing. that's why I don't like the Patriots cuz they always got something. There's always an asterisk to whenever they win. Well, um I'm
1: with you, brother. Um I I do believe in some extras there, but if we're going to talk about the game of football, which is the game that we're talking about. I don't like to throw the refs into it per se. I still think that Jacksonville Jaguars, outside of everything that we just discussed, they still had their opportunities where they could control to win the ball game and did not execute in those aspects. I mean, nobody told them with 59 seconds to go, two timeouts, and the football to elect to take a knee and not try to get a field goal. You just went home with two timeouts. I still don't understand that. Nobody told them that after the after the uh, coming out of, of a huddle, after the timeout to get a delay of game, nobody told them to do that. Um, these are the things that they control. Nobody told them inside the goal line, we've been playing man-to-man all game. Then when we get inside the, the goal line, you want to go to a cover three or a cover two zone, whichever zone that you want to call it. That's what they went to, and they've been playing man-to-man all game. And you can't do that kind of stuff against Tom Brady. Ray Lewis has been the entire playoffs – trying to give people the blueprint on how to stop and contain Tom Brady. And the way you have to do it, if you have to -to man-to-man these receivers, my guy on your guy, and make these guys make challenge catches, make him make the perfect throws. I think you're going to get more perfect throws than you're going to get perfect catches when you're playing against the number 12.
0: And that's what we're going to get into next. So so if you're the Philadelphia Eagles coach – you know that you got to kind of worry about what if or what if the refs help him here or what what can you do to stop Tom Brady or is Gronk even gonna play? I think he just got clear do play, so now your whole game plan well, he changes. Play. He's oh yeah, I mean, well, it's kind of tricky with the concussion protocol, and you know, you don't want him to just go out there and get hurt and then he's wobbling all over the field, and then the whole off season, all you're talking about on ESPN is should he have played and what did the NFL do? I mean. Grunk gonna play, yeah. but you gotta. They can as pick it up a,
1: how they want to. He was gonna play in the Super Bowl.
0: Right, I mean, but you kind of, you kind of, kind of walk Bowl. on eggshells with that because if he does get hurt again, it'll always, it'll always be that one question: Was he ever really that healthy to play? But you know, that's not here or there. But as the Philadelphia Eagles, you, you're you're suiting up on Sunday. You got an Eagles jersey on. What in your mind tells you I'm gonna do this to beat Tom Brady? And the and Bill Belichick. What will you do? Well I'm gonna tell
1: you one thing just to piggyback on well not the piggyback, but to comment on one thing you just said. <laughs> this is the Super Bowl, this is the game of games. Ever since you strapped on the shoulder pads for the first time when you was five, six, seven, eight years old, all the games you played in your, in your in your life, high school, college, professional, this is the game of games. And if you can physically stand up, walk, run, and think you're gonna participate in this game. This is what you lay it all on the line for. You're playing in the Super Bowl. Uh, But with that being said, this Patriots team is a well-coached team. Um, The Philadelphia Eagles is a well-coached team. What you got to go out there and do is you have to put a great game plan together, keep number 12 off the field as much as possible. Um, Nick Foles has to um, remain in third and and threes, third and four, so they need to establish their run early. Uh, Bill Belichick loves to which is what the great defensive coordinators do. They like to try to take away the run without bringing the extra guy in the box, without run blitzing. We're going to try to gap control. Uh, we're going to shut you down with with our 7. And if we can't do that, then that's when we're going to start exotic blitzing and, and 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 bringing things to the table and hopefully that uh and hopefully that you don't expose those in the one-on-one matchups, something that Jacksonville negated to do. Um as far as Philly goes, Philly, Philly has some personnel over there. This game is gonna be on Nick Foles. Shout out to my man Jay Fish. Um he's an Eagles fan. I gotta tune into his podcast. And when I go back to him, I have to wear the Eagles hat and the jersey the whole time because they beat the Falcons. But he he told me that Nick Foles could get it done. I said, you must be smoking that dope you're crazy you're tripping you're high whatever it is own, you need to stop doing it because it's not happening and nick Foles is going out there and executing their offense from the quarterback position i couldn't believe what i was seeing as i saw it but he is actually playing the position at a high level i one could argue he's playing that position as good as carson Wentz was going to play it for them
0: that's a very that's a pretty big argument i think that's what uh if you are the Eagles and you do somehow lose this game, I think that's gonna be one of the cheap cop outs. You know, we didn't have our starting quarterback. Uh this is our backup. And you know, if Foles does just the the most minute thing to kind of mess up the outcome of the game, that's gonna be their fallback. And I wish that wasn't the case, but it's just an easy cop-out when you have that excuse in your back pocket. Um, for the Patriots, there there is not that excuse. I feel like if Tom Brady does lose this game somehow, it's more, it's more so going to speak on him than Foles filling in for Carson Wentz. So I mean, he he has everything to lose. He's playing with house money as far as Foles goes. He goes out there, he performs. He's 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 heralded as that great guy that stepped in when Wentz was down. But if he loses, he's the backup. So he really doesn't have nothing to lose in this game. I feel like all the pressure is going to be on Tom Brady mm-hmm. to execute. Oh, they but, can't lose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. Oh, I don't they think they lose. can lose.
1: Let, let let's be clear. They cannot take a loss. They have to keep winning.
0: Right. So I mean, so just walk me through. Who you? How do you see this game going? How do you see as a fan? How do you see this game going? And then tell me who you got. And we'll we'll, we'll play a game. We'll do a little a final score, and we'll compare this in our next episode that we go down the line. We'll see who came close. So give me your winner. How they gonna win? Your MVP and a final score.
1: Well, I don't want to go at it from the fan perspective because being a fan of the game, hey, man, go Eagles, get it done, cream them, beat them for the Falcons, beat them for everybody who done lost, beat them for Pittsburgh, beat them for everybody. I don't don't want to do that, but I do think that uh, Philadelphia Eagles have a legitimate shot with two weeks to prepare. Um, They can do it. They have some personnel that... Bill Belichick and, and Matt Patricia, they're going to have to prepare for, they're going to have to respect the two tight end sets that the Patriots are known for and, and, and really ran uh, very heavily when they had Aaron Hernandez, rest in peace to him, and, and Rob Garkowski, how they was able to create mismatches all the time, no different than when Cam Newton went to the Super Bowl and he was able to utilize that with Greg Olsen up the scene. That is impressive. Zach Ertz gets it done. That is something that they're going to have to attend to uh, J.A. Ajayi, he is running hard. He's familiar with this Patriots team. He is not going to be shocked. He knows he can run on them because he's done it before. Garrett Blunt, good luck trying to get him down. I really think that um, the Eagles have a chance to, to, to kind of harp on the game plan of the Tennessee Titans, which was the good things was taken from it. And Jacksonville Jaguars did it. And then they have to take what the Jacksonville Jaguars did and had success with it and harp on that and enhance that. Um, this 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 Patriot team is very beaten, beatable. This is one of the weakest teams that they've had in the Super Bowl, which um, goes towards the greatness of Tom Brady leading his troops and, and, and doing what he had to do and playing at the elite level that he's been on all season in order to get them back into the game. As far as the Patriots go, I think they need to establish the run Um, be able to run the football or establish their running backs in their short passing games, get some big plays out of them early, Um, look for a lot of crossing routes, a lot of man-beaters because um, look for a lot of five-wide sets, and in the five-wide sets, you're going to see Philly go man-to-man. Hopefully they know this because I know this, and they're going to make some adjustments to that set um, because they haven't really changed their identity in that formation all season. Five wide, they going man to man, my guy on your guy. We pressing, make the throw. And if you make the throw, you're going to go downtown on us. As Eli Manning, Eli Manning tore him up in that defense. They ran five wide a lot, and he did that with no Odell and 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 no Brendan Marshall. He just lit him up. Um, but for the Patriots, the Patriots just got to go out there and play a mistake-free game, how they've been able to do all season you know when I say mistake free I mean don't turn the football over Tom doesn't do that as a lot it could be to the deflated footballs who knows um, they don't fumble the ball a lot that could be to the deflated footballs who knows um, they don't get a lot of holding penalties off sides that could be to the ref who knows you know um, as far as defensive goes you know no face match no holdings no pass interference uh, maybe the, you know the refs know about that who knows uh, but I think the, the Patriots are going to be ready to go they're a good team um, they're very talented, as far as what they do well. Gilmore, Gilmore can match up with. Um, they're gonna use Gilmore probably on Jeffrey some. They're gonna they're gonna move Butler around on Aguilar some. Still got a veteran Chung and, and McCordy. They've seen it all. Um, it's not it's not anything that they're gonna throw at them that they haven't seen before. They're not gonna be prepared for. Um, this is gonna this is gonna come down to who wants it the most. We've had two weeks to prepare. We know what's coming. They know what's coming who's gonna roll the blunt and who gonna smoke it?
0: I like that. I like that. That's a very, that's a very in-depth uh, preview. I, I think it's, it's accurate, but in my standpoint, the game's gonna come down to the Eagles' defense. I don't care, uh, you know, much for what how Foles pre- performs because however he performs is gonna be better than what Jacksonville did last week with Blake Bortles. Uh, I'm I'm sure he's uh, head and shoulders above what Blake Bortles is as a quarterback and then he has way more weapons so I'm not even really worried about how Foles performs because that offense if they can't get the running game they're going to get the passing game there's too many weapons on that offense the defense though I think if they can get two interceptions just two interceptions on Tom Brady early in the game if they can do that the game is done it has to be early in the game two I won't say interceptions. Any two turnovers they can get, and they can get pressure on Tom Brady, make him move around, show them that they're not really going to sit back and wait for him to beat them. They're going to bring the pressure to them. I think that's what the game plan should be, and I think that's what we're going to see. Uh, it's, it's it's hard it's hard to say it, but I do see the Eagles winning. My score is going to be twenty four to eighteen. I don't know how I got eighteen, but trust me. 24-18, you write that down. You take it to Vegas, and you tell them your boy sent you. Okay, <laughs> Nick Foles, he'll get MVP because just like his game, his numbers it'll it'll show that he was the most consistent throughout the game, whatever, what have you. But 24-18, Philadelphia Eagles, they win it. Uh, and my little cheat code to that: why I picked the Eagles is a stat I caught earlier in the week that no quarterback in the last 51 years of the Super Bowl era has ever, have you heard this stat? No,
1: go ahead, give it to Quarterback
0: you. has never led the league in passing and won the Super Bowl in the same year. Wait, it's,
1: it's, it, listen, that's the stat of the year right listen,
0: there. Listen, that stat right there is, is, is is that's the one I'm running with. I'm going to take it, I'm running. It's 51 years proven. We got Peyton Manning, Goodness. Drew Brees, you got Tom Brady, Goodness. Aaron Rodgers. All these guys have Super Bowl rings. But they didn't lead the league in passing when they won. Ooh, All right. So the years they did win, it's a stat you look it up, you Google it, you get back to me. All right. Fifty-one years proven. Nobody has ever led the league in passing as Tom Brady does right now. He leads the league in passing and won the Super Bowl. So I'm I'm I'm, the, I'm a stat guy. I'm, I mean, I mean, it's it really doesn't say too much of what these guys are going to do on Sunday. No, nah, that says a lot right there. But I'm not going to go against it. You know what I mean? They, these guys don't... I mean, I'm pretty sure half the guys on the field, maybe 90% of the guys on the field, don't even notice that. But if you look it up, no quarterback has ever led the league in passing and won the Super Bowl. So with that said, I'm going to give you the Philadelphia Eagles. You take that to Vegas. Tell them your boy sent you. Nick Harris, a.k.a. the Sneaky Genius. Put that stat on. on Don't, 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 don't risk all your money because things can happen. Injuries can happen. But... I'm going to go with that to the bank, all right? Well, you do
1: know Vegas right now. They got um, they got the Eagles at five and a half, and that 18 to 24, But that's tough. I, I, boy, if they can shut them down like that, they deserve to be the champion. Whew. But the stat that he just gave the people, boy, homage is due on that. Now, let's see, is Tom going to pray uh, pay the homage, or is he going to call d Burst on the phone and say, hey, man, I know you was talking about Drew Brees and and all that, but I am the one. I am the pan. I am Peter Pan, and I and I and I want to know what is it gonna do when it comes for you. But hey, guess what though? Philadelphia, hey, in order to beat the man, you gotta beat the man. And right now, you you're gonna find out what you are as a football team and as a unit. But um, one person that I'm really worried about in a win for Philadelphia is Carson Wentz because I feel like if that team wins his entire career the rest of his career in Philadelphia is going to be to get back to the Super Bowl
0: and to win the Super Bowl to prove that he is who we think he is yes and I, and that's what I that's what kind of what I was getting at with earlier with the the biggest disappointments as far as stars getting hurt and not being able to fulfill the season and like you said if if the Eagles win Nick Foles did it uh, you're gonna question like, "Well, did we even need Carson Wentz?" Which is a stupid question, but I can see how that would be in the back of his mind, you know, going out the next year to have to him prove himself. First off, to get back to the Super Bowl is a feat in itself that quarterbacks take their whole career to get to the first one. But to get back, I I mean, I don't see that really happening unless you know you get another season like this one and wild cards play out and the eagles make it back but uh I, it sucks to see that to have that question but on the flip side there are some guys on the field who and I love a good story but these guys they're the real winners i mean if new england wins you got brandon cooks who was just traded from the uh from the saints. the saints and you know now he's in the super bowl you got james harrison is he still on the roster oh yeah super bowl ring if they, if they win uh, who else did they just snatch up from another team somebody else but then you got the eagles like you said j miami's the cellar dweller the uh, team wasn't going anywhere now you're in the super bowl Alshon jeffrey you go from the bears to the super bowl uh who else did they who else did they get Amen. Hey, man i mean i mean everybody there's everybody there's some stories and, and play yeah. to
1: make the right decisions
0: it's 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 pretty good to see certain guys come from like that team that wasn't going anywhere and they were that guy on that team to becoming a super bowl contender and i think that'll play out either way whoever wins there's going to be some good stories in that all right so we're going to end it on that note before we get out of here i want i wanted you to give the people a chance to listen to homage on his home court i know you guys have your own podcast your own youtube channel um I've listened a couple times. It's, it's amazing how how much the dialogue uh, is, is, is played out and you guys just passing about it and it's consistent. That's the most, that's the that's the best thing about it. It's consistent. You're on it. Everything that happens, you're on it. I hear, I hear your perspective on it. And um it's pretty good. So give the people the uh the, the hit, the the hookup. Give them the hookup. Tell them where they find you.
1: First of all, I got to thank my man, Nick, for having me out. Um, I appreciate the opportunity for us to do what we always do when we see each other. Just saw him at the Hawks game. Go Hawks, Thunder Sticks. Uh, they was going against the Timberwolves. But uh, y'all can catch me on and catch my my, my podcast on, on YouTube, Fresh Perspective. That's P-H-R-E-S-H, Perspective. Make sure you click that link. Hit subscribe so you can get all our exclusive content. Uh, We are doing work. We will be moving towards SoundCloud and iTunes very soon, thanks to some information that I just learned today. And, um, again, when y'all get a chance, please check us out. Tune in because when homage is due, homage is paid. And when you come to Fresh Perspective, we're just trying to give you a different take on today's sports topics.
0: All righty. So with that said, uh, we appreciate you listening to this first episode of the Fade Day Sports Podcast. We got big things coming. Everything that you you heard here today, we're gonna we're gonna take throughout the sports world, uh, primarily focus on basketball, football. You know, things I really know about. I ain't gonna talk about baseball because I really don't know much about it. But uh, you know, just this is what we are here to do: break it down, give our point of view, let you know the real from the real and uh we just stay tuned for it everything that you know as class act has transitioned to fade day sports so if you're already following class act sport i mean Class Act podcast on instagram you do notice it changed to fade day sports uh soundcloud is the same so if you already subscribe you don't have to worry about changing over everything that you know as class act uh has just been rebranded to fade day sports but if you do not follow i invite you to search it on itunes Google Play, SoundCloud, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Fade Day Sports or Fade Day Podcast. Um, we're going to get some content up there consistently. I'm going to get with my man Burt, He's going to teach me some things. And uh, hopefully a YouTube channel will come about in the near future. I can't promise anything. But once I do get my hands on how to do it, it will be out there. And I will let you know where to find it. All right? So this is your boy Nick Harris. I appreciate y'all listening. Peace out. Fade Day Sports.